Welcome to uh, this week's Live on Real Estate. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we've got a great crew here today, Mr. Henry Doe. Henry, what's Good up? Good morning. How are you? Great. CP, what's going on today? Happy to be here. Awesome. Good to see you all. Philip. Hey, how's everybody doing? Philipinski. And uh, I am Chris Foster. You may be uh, not hearing one voice this week. That's Mr. David Hall. He is out. He gave us the reins this week, so hopefully we uh, do a great job on the podcast and make him proud. We always like to make the big boss proud. So if you're listening, boss, uh, let us know later today. <laughs> what, right. what are the chances he actually listens to this? Um, I would 50, say 50? I'd say no, probably like 80, 20. 80, 20. He'll <laughs> listen to it at some point, yeah. maybe just not right I'm away. I'm talking about the whole thing. The whole From, thing? Yeah. Man, just, He'll just cut my part out <laughs> and he'll listen to Hank's <laughs> <and Phil. laughs> Yeah, That's probably what I love it. So, um, Great podcast here today. Um, obviously, our second of the year, Valentine's edition. Um, obviously, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, we have um, somebody that enjoys Valentine's very much in the room today. Usually takes three to four days off of work to do that. That's Mr. Phil Lipinski. Mm. Uh, so, so, Phil, tell us what's going on with uh, Valentine's this, this weekend. Yeah, um, nothing too crazy going on in the Lipinski household. Um, we actually are probably Friday are going to try to avoid the crowd, so we're thinking about making our own Valentine's Day on the 15th. It's going to be on Saturday. Wow. Not as many people out. Don't have to wait 45 minutes or lose a reservation. So probably a Saturday Valentine's Day this year. Love hmm. it. What's the game plan? Yeah. CP. Uh, to be determined. To be determined. Really? Yeah. thought you'd have that all planned out, you know? Well, I can't <laughs> put it onto the atmosphere. Then people are going to steal ah, my ideas. Got it. Mm. Got you go it, with the it. box of chocolates shaped in a heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Heart-shaped Hungry Howie's Pizza for lunch. Ah, yeah. <laughs> See, I knew there were some thoughts. <laughs> CP, mm-hmm. what uh, what number of Valentines is this for you? Oh, my the, gosh. And uh, Corinne. Well, boy, I that I don't know. But, you know, the, the dynamic in our household is my wife's birthday is the 13th. So okay. Valentine's, needless to say, gets a little Just like your birthday. Just like my birthday is the day after Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, Valentine's is not a big thing with us. And just skip over me. Okay. Just skip H- over Hank's me. You don't even need it. Hank will be in the office yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Correct, yeah. Right. Awesome. Correct. We love it. Business love is it. my Valentine. Uh, <laughs> talk, uh, <laughs> again, like I said, great show today. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, U.S. inventory of homes hitting a record low, so we'll break, up, break talk about that a little bit. Um, breaking records in December, we'll get into that and what that means. Um, interest rates fall with coronavirus. We can't have a podcast without talking about the coronavirus, so we'll talk about that as well. Buying season arrives early. I think we've talked about that. Has it? Did it really ever leave, right? I know we had a little bit of a lull for a while, but um, I know a lot of our agents have talked about that. And then we'll, we'll finish up with a couple other topics. Um, let's get into the U.S. inventory of homes for sales reaching a, a record low. So supply shortage is choking the housing market and driving up prices. National inventory of homes for sales uh, tumbled 14% in January, and that's the lowest level that we've seen in 2012. So I like to always talk about this because, you know, this is a podcast that a lot of our agents listen to, a lot of our friends, family, people that follow Hall Financial, and we talk a lot about the Michigan inventory. Uh, Hank, what are you seeing right now early on in the buying season in regards to this? I just think it's so area-dependent. Um, you know, you have agents that say, hey, this is the perfect time to do it because not a, peop- a lot of people are looking, not a lot of people are selling at the same time. But, you know, in terms of multiple offers or just being competitive, like this is probably the time to do it because everyone looks in the spring, everyone looks in the summer when the, wa- the weather's warm. 
Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to inventory, number one, it's area specific, but number two, it's really like what you're looking to do uh, in purchasing a house. You know, is it a general house or is it something specific? It's kind of your preference. Got it. Yeah. I think that from, you know, the people that I've talked to, the people I'm interacting with right now, this is ringing <coughs> true. I am hearing there is nothing out there on the market. And I think nowadays you have to always be looking. You know, it's like anything else. It's like you can't just, you know, I'm going to look uh, starting, you know, March 1st and I'm going to have found my home by April 8th. You know, it just doesn't work, work that, way. that way. I mean, yeah. you have to always, always, always be looking. Yeah, so. and I think important part of that too is when you are looking is you got to jump on stuff quick when yeah. it does come out. There's a big yep. urgency piece right now that if you wait 48 hours to make a decision, unfortunately, I know it is a big decision, but the house might be gone. Yep. So it's just kind of how it is when numbers are limited with houses going up for sale. If you like it, you got to jump on it because the other couple buyers that are looking right now, dredging through the snow, are going to probably offer on it too. Yeah. Yep. And and what's what's kind of funny, and I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking, well, you know, I'm doing that right now. I'm actually finding homes, but um, you know, I don't like it, so I'm not putting an offer. And it's been on. It's it's Hank. You kind of said it. It's maybe the price of the home right like if you're looking for like the 150 to 250 that's kind of like the median sales price in sure. michigan right now yeah. whereas if you're someone that's looking in the four five hundreds like there might actually be more not more houses but more opportunity for you because yeah. that's not what everyone's sure. looking at so specific I, I would also say like prepare to counter offer like be competitive just because you don't get your initial offer accepted be prepared to counter because that happens it happens in any market so uh, I just think people get frustrated when initially, you know, the agent says, hey, listen, I didn't, you know, we didn't get the offer, but they're willing to counter at a higher price. And then buyers are like, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, it just if you like the house, be prepared to counter and, you know, because it's going to happen. Got it. Yeah. And to be in contact with us, because a lot of times people don't think about the fact that. I'm not giving another, you know, 20 grand for this house or 10 grand for this house. And, you know, when we explain, well. You know, it actually means probably about, you know, $50 a month or $20 right. a month or whatever it might be in your payment. You know, you might think differently. So I'm, gl I'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions I get a lot is, hey, I'm, I want to get pre-approved. So we pre-approve them for a dollar amount. And then they say, well, I don't want to have you pull my credit again if I want right. to get pre-approved again. Sure. That's not how it works, right? right. Like it's you, you, ours, our pre-approvals are good for 90 days. So, you know, Hank, I know you've given people, <coughs> you know, six, seven, eight pre-approval, CP, Phil, the same right. thing. So sure. just make sure you guys understand that, you know, getting a pre-approval pre pre updated is not something, and usually our team can get on it within, you know, five minutes so that you're not losing out. Um, December breaking record. So let's go through some of these stats. Strongest close to the year in the decade. Uh, pretty awesome. 13.5% year over year increase in home sales. Highest any month in 2019. Again, maybe another reason why the inventory is a little bit low, right? 14.5% year over year decrease in inventory. Housing inventory grew in first six months of 2019 and then decreased sharply in second half of the year. 266,000 was the median home price, up 18% from 2018. And again, that's nationally. And in the Midwest, exist, existing home sales fell the previous month's pace by 1.5%. 
Um, the median price in the Midwest, which of course that's where we are, 208, 500. I think that's kind of what we see right around 200 to 210 typically. And that actually increased for 9.2% um, from December of 2018. So that's what we're seeing, inventory. A lot of people got in their homes in 16, 17, 18. They're getting value in their homes. They like where they live right now. They're not ready to sell again. Inventory's down a little bit. Again, any anything else to add on, on these numbers? I just think that one thing that stands out is the 13 and a half uh, year over year increase because December's always the slow month. So, you know, you got um, Christmas and all these holidays you know, that surround it. You got New Year's and people aren't looking. Um, and that just creates a lot of positive momentum for 2020. And, and kind of what you said, you just yeah. always have to be looking. Always right? have to be looking. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, 9.2% in the Midwest. You know, year over year, that's awesome. Ten percent increase yeah. in your home value, that's uh, that is really, really, really good. Yeah, and to Foster's point, I mean, we see that a lot with people refinancing right now, yeah, because values have increased so much. People getting rid of PMI, getting into better interest rates, taking some cash out. So it's pretty evident in the refinance world right now, and obviously also in the purchase when the average price is two hundred eight five hundred, we're seeing ninety yeah. percent rate around there. So it'd be sense. interesting to see too if the inventory grows. You know, I mean, I'm sure it will, right? If we're at record, record lows, one would think the only place for the in the number of homes for sale is going to go up. But um, hopefully it goes up a lot. For sure. Um, let's get into interest rates fall because, you know, we've been talking about this now for, you know, basically all of 2019. Um, you know, so low mortgage rates making up for the lack of income growth. Um, the U.S. rate on a 30-year in 2020 right now on average is 3.45%. Uh, the lowest since 2016. So again, we're getting into these record interest rates. Um, is it a good time to refinance? You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about in regards to is it the right time to refinance? Um, it's like uh, we've talked about this, but I think it's important that we continue to talk about it. You don't know what you don't know, right? So if you think, you know, you have a 5.5% interest rate, but you only owe $20,000 on your house, we've talked about this. It might not be smart to get into a 3.5% rate because with the cost involved potentially. And then if you're at like 4%, but you have like a $500,000 house, and now we can get you down to 3.5%, then it might make tons of sense. Yeah. So um, what are you guys hearing from our clients right now in regards to, you know, let's maybe s take a client that like, you give them a great deal, Hank, um, you think it's a great deal, it's great for them, and all of a sudden they say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off for now. W what are you? I think where you run into like, you know, clients that are hesitant is when, you know, that sweet spot of like $100,000, where you're not saving them a lot of money monthly, but you have to kind of realize if they're, you know, two years into the loan on a 30-year, you know, you all that all those savings over the life of the loan in interest makes up for that small monthly payment because you're never going to save a hundred or two hundred dollars a month on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Not Rarely, two years in. Not two years in. Right. right. Uh, so it's kind of that sweet spot of like I think clients really see the savings when it's three, four, five hundred thousand dollar loans because you know you're saving two, three hundred dollars a month if you're dropping the rate by a percent. Right. But if it's that lower loan amount, it's like really getting them to understand how much you're saving in interest uh, per year, you know, throughout the rest of the loan, of the loan. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every situation is different, and you have to take the time to look at it and really dive into what else is going on in that person's life, you know, other than my mortgage is 180000 and I'm at four and a quarter. What do you think? Does it make sense? You know, like you said, I mean, there's a bazillion situations where it does, and there's others where it doesn't, and it's just about figuring out all of the other little pieces 
Um, you know, are you in the house long term? Is this your forever home? Are you moving in a few years? Do you have kids coming up, you know, college that you got to pay for coming up soon? I mean, there's so, so, so many factors. There's no, there is no answer to that question. It is 100% dependent on the individual situation. Yeah, and I think a lot of people that I've been talking to, too, recently, in regards to the last thing we talked about as far as, like, inventory and prices being up, I don't know what it is. I'm sure that plays a factor, but a lot of people that I've been talking to are like, Phil, I'm going to be in this house 15, 20, yeah. 30 years. I'm talking to a lot more people that are in the right in the fours. Hey, if you're going to sell in two years, probably doesn't make sense, but they're coming back and saying, with all the stuff in the market right now, I'm going to be in the house probably 10, 15, 20. And the longer you're in the new loan, the longer it's going to make sense. And I always show people the life of the loan. And I think I've had one or two clients who've been in a mortgage for more than 20 years in the same mortgage. Right. But it's still something to look at of if you're going to save 60, 70 grand. Right now, I am helping a lot of people get into the low threes on a 30-year where you're probably not going to refinance that again unless we get into the high twos, which probably won't happen. Mm -hmm. um, or you call me to take some cash out. So right. right now, a lot of people, I feel we are locking in and they'll probably never do anything again unless they sell. Mm -hmm. Got it. A couple stats, you know, I hear a lot of things of, of our guys, including you guys on the phone talking to clients. Um, one thing I heard the other day, and I know this isn't normal, but uh, one of the clients didn't want their credit pulled because he had just got their credit pulled from another lender mm. and they charged him $50 to do it. It's very <laughs> rare that we see that. Usually those are smaller companies that can absorb the cost. Right. Um, but like, you know, 90, I'd say 8% of mortgage companies out there, guys, you should not be paying somebody to pull your credit. If somebody's asking you to do that up front, um, more than likely, not that they're a bad company, but it's like, you know, what if you don't work with them? You don't want to end up now just paying $50. You can get your credit pulled. Number two is, again, anywhere you go, you can do a free analysis of what's going on. So whether or not it's company A, B, or C, you have the opportunity to call someone, give them your information. Um, of course, you know, pulling your credit is part of that. Um, but if you're kind of just in the general park and you just want to know, hey, if I had 740 credit score, most loan officers will be able to give you a gauge, not exact. And then last but not least, it's surprising how many people think that they have to come to the closing with like money on a refinance. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we would all agree probably 99% of our refinances right now, everything is rolled into the loan. Mm -hmm. So just some tips out there for everyone to make sure that like, you know, if you if you think there's a myth, like ask the questions. If we don't know the questions, we can't help you with the answers. Um, so good stuff there, guys. Mm -hmm. um, again, can't, can't have a podcast without the coronavirus. So I'm just going to give you a couple stats here. Coronavirus panic. Coronavirus panic puts pressure on mortgage rates. Uh, obviously a terrible thing, you know, don't have the power to do anything right now since we don't um, analyze the situation. So global anxiety about virus as investors putting money into US bonds. What happens when money goes into US bonds? Uh, we typically see that the rates come down a little bit. Much of the world sees the US bond market as the safest place to put their money. That's why they're doing it. Um, and that's what we've continued to see over the last you know, week, two weeks, is rates continue to stay low, come down a little bit. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to talk about. Obviously, it's a scary thing, very sad thing that's happening in the world. Part of that, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, over in China, they built a hospital in 10 days. Did you guys really? see this? No, I didn't see wow. that. 10 days. They did like a time lapse of it, and there was like 5,000 people building a that's hospital crazy. in wow. 10 days. So pretty crazy. Crazy. Um, Housing busy, uh, housing busy season arrives early this year. So we kind of touched on that uh, at the start of the show. 
Um, I just want to talk about that in general because, like, I feel like the last couple of years, it's like with more and more real estates, uh, real estate agents, you know, in the market now, right? I think there's over 25,000 real estate agents now in the, in the state of Michigan. It's like, does it ever really go away? Hank, you work with a lot of our partners. What sure. are you hearing from them? I just think that a lot of agents are running into clients, like first-time homebuyers that are sick of renting. Renting Rent's going up. Um, it's expensive. You know, to find a decent place, it's like $2,000 a month. Um, and people are just want to get into their star home. You know, they're not looking for anything expensive or anything like that. Um, but they're, you know, seeking out our real estate agents, um, our partners to kind of get started with the process. And um, a lot of them are, you know, first time home buyers, like I said. So, yeah, it's busy. I mean, every single agent I've talked to, it feels like in the last couple of weeks has been like, I'm, it's crazy busy yeah. right now. And that's awesome. I mean, I think this year got off to a bang. So, yeah, I think I think good agents always find a way to, to stay busy, even when a quarter of the agents out there are like, oh, I don't have a lot going on. You're finding yeah. things to do. You're making some calls. You're taking your people out to see more houses, probably on average, where I don't know the numbers. But let's say if I'm an agent, I show a client 12 houses before they get an offer accepted. Maybe in this time of the year, it's 20, 25. You got to just keep giving them that personal attention. That's what we're about as well. And new builds, um, we continue to see those increase. Um, it, it single family construction uh, will likely total one million in 2020. So that's again more inventory on that end uh, for potential new home buyers or people that are looking to get into a new home as well. Um, and then last but not least, and then we'll finish up with a, a couple other things. Home seller profits hit new highs. So again, I, I think without without question, you know, more and more people are have been in homes for a while we've continued to see an increase in equity in their in their homes and now they're saying well i probably should get out of this house and take some of this equity even though i'm going to go buy that's the hardest part about buying and yeah. selling right it's like if you're selling you're selling on the high end but then you got to go buy on the like as somebody that's potentially like downsizing right now great opportunity for you because you're getting all your equity out and then you're going to buy on the lower end uh, but 65,000 was the average in 2019 in regards to the net proceeds, um, average profit for the sale mm -hmm. of their home, which is awesome. Um, and then homeowners who sold in 2019 Q4 stayed in their homes for an average of eight and a half years. So that means they got in back in 2011. That's when it was on the bottom and now it's on the top. So that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, awesome. Hank, what else do you got to add? I think it's always nice to go around kind of your view on the market, your view on what's going on just in real estate and mortgages, period. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, like we always touch on, rates are low right now. Um, it's a good opportunity to, to buy or sell. I just think that we have a lot of positive momentum on both sides of the market. Um, so it's just something that, to look into. Um, I don't know if you guys kind of see that the same way, but for, for me, I think just at least doing an analysis of it, uh, analyzing your current situation and seeing what you can do better because now's a great time to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah, and I would echo on that, uh, but maybe on the, on the opposite side from, not opposite side, but just the other side with a refinance. You know, people that aren't even, it's not even on their radar, right? I don't need to refinance. I got a good rate. I got this. I got that. You should at least poke your head up, look around, see what the market is doing compared to what you have. Um, and just, you know, if you do nothing, great. You do nothing, but you should at least know kind of what's going on and know where you sit versus what's out there. So, and I, th I think real quick before you go, Phil, I think the one of the things that we've kind of said is like, if you're above four percent right now, it probably makes sense if you have you know more than likely like a hundred and 
let's say $25,000 loan or more, right? Again, those lower loan amounts might not always make sense because, again, it does cost some money to do third party. You know, you got your title and you got your underwriting and you got, you know, potentially a new escrow account you're going to set up. But making sure that at least you're looking into it, Phil. Yeah, I, I just think it's important to at least have a conversation just to be open, have a 10-minute conversation with one of our guys here or another mm-hmm. company if you're in another state. Um, we A lot of people do that in every other aspect of their life with their car. They'll go see a mechanic to do re- routine maintenance. They'll go see a doctor to do like a yearly physical and checkup. With your finances, your mortgage is the biggest piece of that for most people. So I think it's important to check up with somebody, see if it makes sense. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But at least you have peace of mind of knowing, hey, I'm in a great spot with my mortgage. And, and, and you do that with your financial advisor. So if you have money, typically your financial advisor wants you in quarterly, maybe semi-annual. I think the reason why a lot of people don't do that with their homes is because like they don't go back to the same person right, right? every single right. time. And that's Correct. something that you really should have. Get someone you trust. Um, yep. Hopefully they're in the business for a long time. You know, Henry's very, very young, but great at what he does. So you get Henry, and, and, and same with Phil. You guys would be to be with these people for 30 years. Yeah, Phil, I did see you because we were going to talk briefly about you know multifamily market and how rent's going up. Um, I saw a note that you had um, about buying a house on an FHA loan on a multifamily. So I wanted you to talk about that real quick because I thought that's a great point that you wrote down. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, we were looking at the numbers and kind of, as Hank mentioned earlier, re- rent's going up a little bit higher. Um, in Michigan, in certain spots, there's a lot of good multifamily opportunities, a, a duplex, a triplex, four-unit properties. Um, on our side, for residential, you can only buy up to a four-unit property. But I just talked to a couple of agents last week, and we were talking about with a lot of first-time home buyers looking in some of these areas where there are quite a bit of like duplexes and then four-unit properties. On an FHA mortgage, you have the ability to buy with a 3.5% down payment a four unit property. So I talked to one of my buddies the other day who was looking um, down like east side, uh, like Gross Point area, looking at a four unit property. He's going to be able to buy a property three and a half percent down, rent out three of the units and live in one. So not only will he be living for free, he'll probably be positive cash flow where mm-hmm. he's living. Um, so I just think it's a good opportunity for a lot of people who don't mind having another unit next to them or don't mind being a, a kind of a landlord or even hiring a property manager. It's a really good opportunity versus renting that some that some people may might, might not have even thought about or knew that it was an option. People might think they have to put twenty percent down on those. Sure, going FHA it opens up a lot of doors for people. And yeah. again, to that point, if you, if you are going FHA, you do have to live in one of them, right? It has to be your <coughs> primary home. It can't be a uh, an investment property that you would need a fifteen to twenty percent down. But typically, on a conventional file, if you're going that way, you do need fifteen percent down. That is even on your primary on a duplex or yeah. a multifamily. So FHA, we've seen a lot of clients do that. Um, um, great opportunity for them and a great investment. Even if it ends up being an investment home in the future, you can get in FHA if you live there up front. He's yep. been trying to sell me on one of those for forever. Yeah, we're going to get Henry to do it. Yeah, it'd be a good investment it for you. It would be, yeah. yeah. Right. You on one side, yeah. Tobe on the other. Sure, great. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> finish up with a couple things. So Super Bowl, pretty awesome Super Bowl. Um, who won squares? Anybody win squares? My daughter won one. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, did, yeah. Did she pay for it up front? No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and then she was giving me the, like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm ordering this, and I'm like, who's paying? She's like, you owe me. I'm like, did you buy it? You know, where's the, you didn't buy in. I love it. But, I yeah. love it. Yep. <laughs> so it looks like we're 0 for 4, though, right? I don't know if yeah, any of no, you guys no, got I mean, in. Um, and then uh, the XFL that started <laughs> up, I you know, did anybody watch it? No. 
Absolutely. Not. I watched, uh, I believe, about ten minutes. It was the Seattle Dragons <laughs> versus the DC Defenders. I believe. Yeah. If I, have I did that see right. the kickoff on one of them, which was pretty interesting. I yeah, like, I like it. It's pretty interesting. It's I a like lot it. different. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me is the guy misses a field goal, and re- immediately on the sideline after missing about a thirty-yard field goal, obviously he's pretty upset. They have an interview yeah. right <laughs> in his face. Yeah. Oh, he's nice. right on camera being yeah. interviewed. How does it right feel to miss your first field goal, goal in yeah. like yeah. two years? Yeah. yeah. So I pretty interesting. A little bit different than the NFL where they kind of tread lightly and that stuff. They're right up in your face. Hey, you missed a field goal. Why'd you do that? Yeah. So I hear the New long. York Guardians are the uh, the team to beat. The, the, so. the Guardians. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I did see like most of the uh, swag, the T-shirts. A lot of it's sold out already, so that's a wow. good sign wow. for them. Um, I also saw, I don't know how this is feasible, but I believe the defensive coordinator uh, one of the defensive coordinators was actually fired after week one. Ooh, wow. <laughs> you have to be really bad to be fired after week huh. one. So, Correct. all right. Um, anything else? Jackie, thanks for joining us. Like always, appreciate it. Chris, appreciate it helping yes. us out. Um, I guess that's it, guys. Valentine's edition. Uh, Mr. D. Hall more than likely will be back for next, uh, next month's edition. Uh, but for Henry, for CP, for Phil, and for myself, uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah, thanks, guys.